grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation this morning, the Old Testament reading from Proverbs 25, especially these words. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, if you would, please join me for a word of prayer. Keep me from saying words that later need recalling. Guard me lest idle speech may from my lips be falling. But when within my place I must and ought to speak, then to my words give grace, lest I offend the weak. Lord, let me win my foes with kindly words and actions. And let me find good friends for counsel and correction. Help me, as you have taught, to love both great and small, and by your Spirit's might, to live in peace with all. Amen. We turn today to the book of Proverbs. We don't get a chance to do that very often. Book of Proverbs is partly a book of Proverbs. There's all kinds of wisdom writing contained in the 31 chapters. Now, all of us are intimately familiar with proverbial statements. We know Proverbs. We've been taught Proverbs since we were tiny little children. Let's have an exercise, okay? Are you ready? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. doctor away, okay? A stitch in time saves a penny saved is a penny. An ounce of prevention is worth a okay, you know these. Proverbs are a part of our life. God, in his wisdom, teaches his children, that's you and me, the baptized people of God. He teaches us how to live, how to order our life. Many times, he uses the distinction between wisdom and foolishness. Wisdom, faith, a believer, a believer in Christ. Foolishness, unbelief. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. So this distinction between wisdom and foolishness is played out for us in the scriptures, but especially in the book of Proverbs. Here in Proverbs 25, King Solomon, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, 
is teaching, in a sense, proper etiquette for a Christian. But it's so much more. In our gospel reading for today, at the end, Jesus teaches a lesson in humility. Humility. Can we even define that word in our culture and society today? Humility. About the only way we can define it is by looking at its opposite. Pride. Pride. Pride on full display. Pride in our hearts. Pride in our world. Pride, certainly, in our politics. Pride is the way of foolishness. Humility is the way of wisdom. Now, God is not teaching us this truth in humility simply to help us avoid embarrassing situations. It's so much more than that. In fact, the key, especially in Proverbs 25, are those words that I read at our beginning, verse 11. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Apples of gold in a setting of silver. It's valuable. It's precious. It sticks out. A word fitly spoken is valuable. It is precious. And trust me, in this world, in this culture, it will stick out. It will stick out and some will condemn and criticize and others will be shocked and amazed. But most importantly, God will be pleased and praised. A word fitly spoken implies something, doesn't it? It implies that words can be unfitly spoken. We're masters at that, aren't we? We open our mouth and we tear down. We open our mouth and we cut to pieces. We open our mouth and instead of putting the best construction on everything or explaining things in the kindest possible way, we chop and we chop and we chop and we feel so good, and we couldn't care less about who or how much we hurt. We'll hide behind our keyboard, or our cell phone, or maybe even an anonymous name, and we say, and we post, and we retweet the most horrific Things. A word 
unfitly spoken in many ways is an apt description of the world we live in, the world we participate in. I hesitate to say too much with regard to the Tuesday evening debacle. Our president is in the hospital. We pray for recovery. But can we be honest? That was a 90-minute display of words unfitly spoken. I hung my head in shame. And then I realized, my friends, we get the politicians that we deserve. We love words unfitly spoken. Tuesday night, third most watched television program in the history of television. It may have been like watching a train wreck, but nobody turned the channel. My friends, today, God's Word is teaching us what the Christian life looks like. How we can be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. How we can be a changing force in our culture and in our world. And in Proverbs 25, God teaches us that it begins with a word fitly spoken. A word fitly spoken. Proverbs 25 starts out with a lesson in humility. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. We've experienced that, haven't we? You sit in a spot, and then all of a sudden you're told, oh, no, no, that table is reserved for someone else. You have to go back here. It's embarrassing. But God's Word is teaching us an attitude, a spirit of humility. A spirit that doesn't think of ourselves more highly than we ought. That looks at great and small alike and approaches our brother and sisters in Christ, our fellow human beings with an attitude and a spirit of humility. Pride, pride says me first and the whole world revolves around me. Pride, pride is what I grew up with in the 60s. Remember Muhammad Ali? 
Yeah, perhaps the most braggadocious sports personality in the history of the world. I don't know if it was genuine or his shtick, but he would routinely say, it ain't bragging if you can back it up. My friends, it's not humility if you think you need to back it up. Proverbs 25 goes on with another aspect of this humility. What your eyes have seen, do not hastily bring into court. For what will you do in the end when your neighbor puts you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another secret, lest he who hears you bring shame upon you and your ill repute have no end. Bottom line, don't be so quick to threaten a lawsuit. Don't be so quick to call the lawyer or take a matter to court. You think this is crazy? I could give you a hundred examples of people that I've dealt with in the last 23 and a half years where instead of reconciliation, the threat was to go to court. Oh, a time or two threatening the church, but most of the time it is brother versus brother, husband versus wife, parent versus child. My friends, a word fitly spoken means an attitude and a spirit of reconciliation. Why is it so hard to say, I'm sorry? You know, it's true. True for me, it's true for you, it's true for everyone. Rather than reconcile, we would rather demand that we are right. We won't even have the conversation. You don't like what you hear? Make a threat. Unfollow. Defriend. How can you have a dialogue? How can you reconcile when there is no communication? The third one, the words that come after a word fitly spoken, like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. I really struggled with this. 
Harvest in Nebraska, the last thing you want is a blast of snow. Upon further review and a little bit of research, in the midst of the heat of the summer harvest, the person who would travel up into the mountains and bring back a box of snow so the workers could have a cool drink. That's, that's like a faithful message. That's a word fitly spoken. That faithful message can take on a lot of different aspects, but it's basically speaking the truth. Speaking the truth about our lives, speaking the truth about our sinfulness, speaking the truth about our need for a Savior, our universal need, but most importantly, speaking the truth about the one and only Savior from sin, Jesus Christ. You think it's hard to say, I'm sorry? It's a thousand times harder to say, I forgive you. Without those words, and in a sense, we spoke them right here at the beginning of our worship service. Without those words, I'm sorry, I forgive you. There is no forgiveness. There is no salvation. There is no life. My friends, today, God is extolling us, His children, to be people that are characterized by a word fitly spoken. How can we do it? Well, we can't. We can't buy a book and take 10 steps. We can't pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. We can't dig deep inside of ourselves because all we'll find is more sin and pride and hatefulness. My friends, what we need is Jesus. Not only a word fitly spoken, but the word who takes on flesh and blood and makes his dwelling among us. The word of God for you, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ humbled himself, taking on flesh and blood. Born of a woman, born under the law, born for you and for me. He humbled himself carrying the cross, the cross and burden of our sin, of our lies, of our pride, of our demanding, our rights, our unfaithful messages. All of our sins of mouth and thought and ear and action, Jesus took on to himself, dying the death we deserve. Jesus humbles himself unto death, even death on a cross. Why? To bring about reconciliation. 
As he hung naked, bleeding and dying, suspended between heaven and earth, he did not say, Father, get him, get her. They did this to me. What did he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Post that on Facebook or Twitter and watch the reaction you get. My friends, Jesus came for reconciliation. To reconcile us to the Father, and so in turn, we can be reconciled with one another. To deny God's gift of reconciliation is to deny to be a Christian. That's why Jesus came. There is no greater faithful messenger than our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Not only did he say, Father, forgive them from the cross. He spoke the most fitly spoken word in the history of the world. As he breathed his last, Jesus shouted, Tetelestai. Little word. Maybe you know it better as, It is finished. It is complete. It is accomplished. It being your forgiveness, your salvation, your life. My friends, Today, we have been washed clean with the refreshing water as if snow from the mountain in the waters of holy baptism. The Word made flesh clings to bread and wine and brings forgiveness, life, salvation, strength for this life, strength to confess, strength to forgive, strength to reconcile. My friends, as Christ fills us with his word, with his gifts, with his love, Christ will well up inside of us and we won't be able to keep him in. That word fitly spoken will not only ooze out but it will leap out of every pore and mouth. And as God changes and transforms us, our families will be changed and transformed. Our neighborhoods will be changed and transformed. Our congregations will be changed and transformed. Our cities, our state, our country, our world. That is the power of Jesus Christ. That is the power of the forgiveness of sins. That is the power of a word fitly spoken. My friends, may God grant it to us all for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God 
which far surpasses all understanding. Keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our words in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen.